Hey, all you nature nerds. This is You're Gonna Die Out There. You're listening to You're Gonna Die Out There. Here we are with uh, Megan and Jen. Thanks for joining us again. Uh, if you've just joined us for the first time, we're going to talk a little bit about any corrections we have, and then we'll go into a science story of the week, and then we'll get on to our story, which I will be telling today. Some sort of story. I don't know Some if my story's of. too sciencey today, but it's super interesting. Cool. Do you have any corrections or additions from last week's story, which was sharks? No, I don't. Did you learn that sea shanty? The the song? The song. No. And I feel like if I tried to sing it, I would. there's some like sort of copyright, like we might be sued. That's true. And nobody would want to hear me sing anything anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll just, yeah, we'll just glide right over that. Yeah, but it's amazing. You know, I was doing some researchy for my next story and some um, sharks were brought up and people wanting to shoot them and being really happy about it. And I'm just like, man, poor sharks. Dude, sharks getting the bad rap. Always, always. Like they're just the ultimate villain. It's not their fault that they evolved to have so many rows of teeth. That's just yeah, how it worked out. They're just as God made them. Right? <laughs> <laughs> right. We still have our contests yep. and giveaway. Get that sticker, you guys. You guys do it Write go to us. our instagram and it's all right there so you'll know just how to do it or go to our website other than that we have our patreon up and you can check that out there's some cool merch you're gonna get from that you can go check out our merch on our website go check it out we have some <laughs> we have some really nice stuff up and get you a hoodie and if you're if you're one of our patrons you get a discount that's pretty sweet i'm always super into discounts yeah. i downloaded that app or whatever it is called honey you know it's supposed to like find you discounts and stuff again not sponsored uh it is sometimes very helpful oh really but in this case if you have a patreon if you're a patron of us then you get it anyway yeah this month um if you are a patron you're gonna get to the first uh bonus episode is going out this month oh that's right listen in if you're a patron for that and if you're not go mm -hmm. sign up and you'll be supporting this podcast and that is amazing and as much as we really love to provide this free content which will always be free forever and ever if you do feel like you want to support us then that would be great we can have better quality podcasts and get more content out and more merch uh so jen do you know what's coming up this week it's a very big day in the world of conservationists conservationists biologists in the world of conservation in the world of conservation yes <laughs> <laughs> is it have to do with the earth oh my god it does jen you are amazing it's earth day coming Yay. up on the 22nd so you know we encourage you to get out there and do something nice for the earth plant a tree build a compost bin pick up some trash recycle some shit decide not to litter ever again go zero waste try to go zero waste <laughs> it's rough it is rough i you know a little while ago i had uh reposted or like put a story on our instagram talking about a an instagram account 
that gives you really small tips that you can do to do some like zero waste stuff. Mm-hmm. Like just really small things. You don't have to like, oh, I'm never gonna, I'm gonna have like only a can of waste every year. Like that's, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how to do that. But I mean, I think it's all about baby steps. Yes. You just little bits at a time, do what you can mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it'll make a difference. So go check it out. Yeah, Earth Day. Yay. That's Woo. a big one. That's like one of the the biggest ones of the year. If you can't do anything, just go hug a tree. Yeah, because they like hugs, warm hugs. I don't know if any of our listeners follow IFL Science, and if not, you should. I fucking love science. Pretty funny, but they always have a lot of cool articles that they're putting out constantly, and it's pretty entertaining. I just pulled up one of theirs because I just think it's so interesting. And, you know, if there was more information about this, it could be an episode, but I feel like Well, I mean, it still could be, but everybody knows about Amelia Earhart. She was attempting to fly around the world with this navigator, Fred Noonan. So it was her and this guy. And then they just disappeared, right? So Mm -hmm. for the longest time, it was just nothing was known. And this may not be so recent, but I feel like they've come up with some new evidence. They're kind of always like finding new evidence. They believe that she actually lived as a castaway on one of the like these small outer islands in Kiribati. So they found some bones and they never found the plane and they never found bones that would have correlated to Fred Noonan. But on this island, they've collected like artifacts, so they say, and it was like skincare products from the U.S., parts of a folding pocket knife and traces. You could find traces of campfires. Oh. And she sent out between July 2nd and July 6th, 100 distress calls from somewhere in the Western Pacific. They kind of ruled out that the plane actually crashed crashed Mm -hmm. that maybe they did some sort of water landing or they were able to land but they didn't land on the island they were supposed to when she gave these distress calls she had said that her co-pilot was injured so the thought is that he possibly died quickly or early on but she Mm -hmm. survived for a while on the island and died of exposure starvation Right. You know, dehydration, whatever, after several weeks. So these bones they found, initially they thought they were male's bones. Mm -hmm. Um, But after further investigation, they realized that this did actually match her. One of the things that's interesting is that I guess the bones had had freakishly long uh, forearms. (laughs) And they matched it. And she had crazy long forearms. Weird. So they really think that they have found Amelia Earhart. That's crazy. That's not nearly as romantic as some of the stories that people come up with about her disappearance. Well, I thought she went down just somewhere in the ocean. I didn't realize that. And maybe, you know, some people out there will be like, this is such old news. But I I feel like it's just come up recently about them matching these bones Mm -hmm. to her and the timing and everything, which they, you know, because this happened in 1937. I just wonder, because when I look at the pictures of the island, and if you look it up, you can Google this. But if you look up the island, it seems vegetated. Yeah, I was going to ask you, are there palms, like coconut palms? It looks like there are. It looks like there are. It looks like a very small island, but Mm -hmm. it's not like, there's no vegetation. Look, there's got to be palm trees and... Oh, yeah. Is it an atoll? It doesn't say it if it's an atoll. Maybe she had a hard time finding fresh water. Well, and that's what they said, is that it's it's such a small, skinny island that there is no water lens. There wouldn't have been fresh mm-hmm. water. So, and maybe it was really dry during yeah. in July. Well, I know for us, it's 
you know, and we're in the Pacific, but it might be slightly different there in Kiribati, but it's the dry season, it's rainy season kind of starts in July. Mm-hmm. So it could have been that it was still dry season or could have been an exceptionally dry year that year and she just couldn't collect rainwater. I was thinking, why didn't she just get some coconuts? They're I mean, of, they're full of all sorts of good stuff. You can drink coconuts like all the time and you're going to stay pretty healthy for a while. I mean, but maybe she didn't know, I mean, how to open them or how to get them or, you know, she probably didn't know how to climb a coconut tree. Sure. But they fall down. You can... They just, do fall down. They fall down. You just need some something sharp, like a rock or well, a you said pointy that, stick, and you can get them open. But she may not have known. I don't know. Right. Well, you said that uh, she had a pocket knife with her. I don't know if a pocket knife would be pocket knife would be real rough trying to open like a full on coconut. <laughs> yeah. so I don't. I don't know that I could do that. Well, who knows? And she could have been injured too mm-hmm. and unable to. Do, who knows? But all I'm saying is. I feel I'm I feel lucky that I lived on islands for so long that I could probably survive. Like I could have won Survivor, except that I'm not an asshole. Do you remember when there was Survivor while we were in Peace Corps? Yeah. It was in like one it of was, the islands yeah. close to us. And we were like And it was a Cush Island. <laughs> it was Cush. Like if they had just panned the camera over <laughs> fifty feet. <laughs> they would have seen a bar. They would have seen yeah, there was all sorts of stuff. <laughs> and boats everywhere and, and like we're people. like, this is bullshit. Yeah. Total bullshit. But I mean, you know. I have more respect for those guys who go up and do alone in cold weather. Totally. Because Pacific Islands, it's like there aren't that many dangers outside of the water. Uh-huh. On you know, there isn't some kind of man eating animal. Mm-hmm. on land that's going to come attack you or whatever. And it's whatever. not like they're naked and afraid. <laughs> and afraid. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I suppose that if you've never had to open a coconut or look for food on an island, right. it might be really difficult. But like for Survivor, they're they're fine. They're healthy. Yeah. I imagine Amelia could have been injured. Her co-pilot mm-hmm. was injured. It could have, you know, who just knows? a bad situation. Right. It's just a bad situation. But it seems as though they may have solved that. That's crazy. And Kiribati, man. What's that book? Something with, ha- with savages? Swimming with savages? No, 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 no. Getting high with savages? Or Okay. Sex Lives of Cannibals, but he also had another one called uh, Getting Stoned with Savages. Getting so you're stoned right. with savages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that guy was in Kiribati Kiri with mm-hmm. his girlfriend or wife. Yeah, yeah, those are pretty funny books. Yeah, we read that book when we were first Peace Corps and mm-hmm. we had a good laugh. Pretty good accurate. Times. That's my interesting story. It's not super science-y, but it is survival-ish. For sure. I, I do want to do a castaway story. Definitely. One of these days. I'm what just it- going to do the movie, Castaway, <laughs> and just tell it like that. And they're like, wait a minute. Hold on a second. Hold on. This sounds... Was Tom Hanks in this movie? <laughs> I Like even the part where he has to pull his own tooth. It's just all there. Yeah. I'm like, and then he had to pull his own tooth. And then he took this like, ice skate. Jen, this sounds really familiar. <laughs> was he on a FedEx plane? <laughs> you know, I kind of love that movie, though. I almost wish that he had stayed on the island. Like, I... Don't remember why he had to leave. Was it just like he got fed up of living there? No, they found him. No, no, no. He left. Don't you remember? Oh, he, no, you're right. You're he right, made right. a raft and he was like, I'm fucking leaving. I'm over this already. But yeah. me, I, me, like the hermit side of me no, is like, that's, just listen, that's stay. the, okay. So what's the one thing that typically gets people on the show alone it's being alone yeah that's true that's very true jen that i mean it's i mean some of them don't even last like a couple of like a week or days and they're just like this sucks i hate being by myself and in my own head all the time and i gotta get out of here and so they just they get they get you know yeah they peace out 
let me just point out that Tom Hanks was not alone he, in that movie. Right. He had he had a good friend Wilson. Yes, he had <laughs> a good friend Wilson. But that yeah. So Megan. I mean, like Coconut Joe. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So I'm. I think he was just he wanted to be around people, and he was so tired right. of being there that he was willing to risk it. Right, right, right. He yeah. did try. It, well, that's right. The, I think the catalyst was he tried to commit suicide. And yes. It failed. And then he was like, all right, I'm, that's it. I got to get, get out of here. Yeah. And then he lost Wilson. Yeah. When he lost Wilson, I cried. Oh, I cried so I hard. I mean, probably everybody cried. I hope so. Yeah. If you didn't cry, you're not a human. Basically. <laughs> but that movie, I think I mentioned it in another episode that my host's uh, family and Peace Corps made me learn how to make yes. a fire because of that movie. They're like, yeah, you guys don't know how to do shit. Like, no, we don't. Here, Peace Corps, learn something. Learn some shit. Also, again, our kids are here. And if you hear them in the background, we're really sorry, but they... <sighs> the duct tape doesn't stick on their little faces. No, it just comes right off. I don't know. No, we, they're, <laughs> we've we've asked them to be quiet, but it's impossible. So if you hear them, we're sorry. Yeah, that, that's what the Patreon mini-soda mini is going to be. Just just cuts of us screaming at our kids <laughs> to be quiet. <laughs> yes. There's, there's a lot of them. Yeah, I, I cut a lot of those. <laughs> yeah, we love them. They're wonderful human beings. They are wonderful human beings. And I feel like someday they'll appreciate this podcast. I hope so. They might just be like, that's boring, mom. God, you guys are the worst. I don't even care. But hopefully they'll listen to it and appreciate us. And they'll hear themselves in the background. They'll be like, hey, that was us. So, Megan, yes, I am stoked to hear your story today. Are you excited? Yeah, of oh course. I'm always excited. I'm kind of excited to tell it. I mean, I'm excited and a little bit like, oh, God. Okay, so today, Jen, I'm going to talk to you about elephants. I knew this was coming because in the last episode, I mentioned how elephants kill 500 people annually. and Episode before that, yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. Episode, yeah. The one where I talked about... The flu- oh. the, the cat episode. Yes. And you gave us the, the science information about things that kill people. And it was right. like four, yeah, 400 annually. 500. 500. Yeah, 500 so. annually. I kind of knew... We kind of talked about that there was going to be an elephant mm-hmm. episode. And here it is. I'm excited. Here it is. It You know, this is how it happened, actually, is that we put out that cat episode. And my friend... Whose name happens to be Cat? Amazing. And we love her. She's great. Yeah. She was like, okay, so she calls me by my derby name. She's like, Bomb, you have to do an episode on the elephant at the Blaisdell Center in Honolulu. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? And I went and looked it up and I was like, holy shit, I never knew about this. And I was telling Jen, like, okay, listen, I was going to do just a number of incidents with uh, elephants. Mm -hmm. But then I went and, you know, you like Google like elephant trampling and there's so many <laughs> elephants are that i pissed. was like oh my god i cannot i cannot there's too many and it's just like yeah they're just pissed mm-hmm. so but this particular one that cat told me about it is really interesting but you know of course we're going to start out with elephant facts well and i can't imagine it'll be anything less than completely depressing yeah get ready i mean just uh, get your box of tissues right now like like you're gonna go watch dumbo <laughs> Have your box of tissues. Just fucking, I mean, you know, one time, this it reminds me of the time that I was asking, what do you want to watch? Like, we were going to watch a movie. I think he was like five. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I said, what, what about if we watch E.T.? And he was like, mom, I just, that's too emotional right now for me. <laughs> and he was like, I feel fucking, that. I feel he was that. like five or six. And I, <laughs> this is, I mean, that's, I kind of was dreading this episode, but I was like, I also really want to do it. Yeah. Because it's really important. 
Okay, Jen. So I'm going to start with some elephant facts mm-hmm. as per usual. Okay. Um, and I got these facts from a PBS.org article about elephants, a little fact sheet. And then there was like a, a 10 elephant facts that you didn't know from Nat Geo Kids, which was kind of cute. I pulled a couple things from there. Okay. So they are the largest existing land mammal. There are currently three species of elephants across the globe. The African bush elephant, the African forest elephant, and the Asian elephant. Uh, They weigh four to six tons, and they are 18 to 24 feet long. 24 feet is big. That's... I mean, is that with their trunk all out and their tail out? Or that's just their body? I think that's just their body. And then their height, they can get anywhere up to like 10 feet tall. That's how they can sit on somebody's head and not know. They don't know what's happening. They're just like, oh, what's that? It feels like a little pee. I don't know. You know, like the princess in the pee. Oh, I was thinking like in the butt. Like, I'm like, wait a second. But it's in their butt. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) They have massive bodies, large ears, and long trunks. And their trunks are multifunctional. They can use them to pick up things. They can use them to drink water. Uh Uh-huh. They can use, they use them to trumpet, you know, they, the elephant trumpet Rawr. noise. Yeah, yeah, I could never do, you, you know, when people do the thing where they put their arm to the side of their face. Yeah, and yeah. They, mm-hmm. I could never do I that. I can't do that either. And then to greet other elephants, like they're very tactile. Mm-hmm. You All forgot right. one thing though. What did I forget? To paint. Oh, to paint. That's right. They paint. They're also amazing painters. They are. On either side of the elephant's trunk. Uh-huh. are tusks they're the big white i think we all know what tusks are, but are you, thank you for you trying sure? to describe it <laughs> no i appreciate problem. that hey listen that's what i'm here for mm-hmm. um they are essentially extended teeth and they're used to protect the elephant's trunk lift and move objects gather food defend themselves and strip bark from trees and, and murder then, people and murder people and gore gore is that the word i'm looking for gorge gorge gore, gore. i think it's gore, gore. yeah <laughs> People just right in the abdomen. Some elephants also use their tusks to dig to find water, like dig into the ground. Oh, yeah. Cool. And there are in Mount Elgin National Park in Kenya. There's a group of elephants that they have been seen using their tusks to mine for salt in underground caves. Wait, they're doing it or people are forcing them to do it? No, no, no. They are doing it. Oh. Yeah. Wow. That's so industrious. They feel around with their trunks Mm -hmm. for the salt, and Mm -hmm. then they use their tusks to, like, break it. Yeah. I didn't... I mean, I guess all animals need a certain amount of salt. I just didn't... You know, I always think about birds having, like, salt licks, but I was like, oh, that's interesting about elephants. Yeah, we all need some sodium, and they're huge, so they might need a lot. There are 10 distinct differences between African and Asian elephants, and I'm not really going to go over any of them except for... Male and female African elephants grow tusks, and only the male, only some, I'm sorry, only some Asian male elephants grow tusks. And oh, okay. then the easiest way to tell them apart is that African elephants' ears look like the shape of Africa, mm-hmm. and Asian elephant ears look like the shape of India, which is kind of crazy. That is kind of crazy. Elephants are herbivores, and they need a lot. I mean, they're massive bodies, so you can imagine how many acres of land they will need to consume vegetation from to survive. It's like a lot. lot. Like we couldn't keep one in our backyard. Yeah, no. We'd be like, man, why you just eat my tree? (laughs) Yeah, we just eat a lot. Uh, They can feed up to 18 hours a day and consume hundreds of pounds of plant matter in a single day, which means, it means what, Jen? Their poo is ginormous. A ginormous and green. Yes. And it helps the soil keep fertile. I was going to say, it'd be great fertilizer. Yeah, they're good um, seed dispersers. Yeah, they're just dumping seeds all over the place. So I have I have a suggestion that we open up a refuge here for elephants 
And then we help revegetate Guam with native seeds. Done. Via elephants. I'm pretty sure we can write a grant for that. Done and done. Everybody would be like, that makes perfect sense for Guam. Because <laughs> the snakes wouldn't bother them. Right. Yeah, it's good. If anything, I feel like the elephants would just smush all the snakes. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Super, super good biology right here. Uh, they're found in various habitats like marshes, forests, savannas, and deserts in South Asia, Southeast Asia, and Sub-Saharan Africa. And islands. And island. Well, in Guam soon. Soon. Once we, right. Once we get funding. Uh, elephants have a very long gestation period, 22 months. Wow. Yeah. And one calf is born to a female elephant once every four to five years. So real low fecundity. Yeah, because you got to grow a huge elephant Mm -hmm. and then you got to raise them. Uh, They're matriarchal. So what, what? Uh, And they're organized into complex social structures of females and calves, which are all led by the matriarch. So whenever you see videos or um, pictures of elephants kind of all together and their different sizes, those are all females with baby calves. Like the babies could be male or female, but all the large elephants are female. Okay. Because the bulls, the males kind of chill out alone or they hang out in bachelor groups. Right. They, they just like shoot pool on Saturdays. Drink and beer. And play basketball Sunday watch morning. Watch sports. Right. They fart a lot. Make inappropriate jokes. Definitely. <laughs> but yeah, when the males, uh, once they've reached puberty, uh, they peace out from the herd, which kind of makes me sad. Like they'll stay with their matriarchal, matriarchal herd until they get to puberty and then they're like, all right, I yeah, got I got to go over sense. here with these dudes over here. They're like, mom, I'm going. He's like, I'm going to like, my friends. I've grown my mustache. I got to go over here with these people who have mustaches. Look, I need to go over there with my friends. I'll, stop calling me. <laughs> <laughs> I just want you to come home for Thanksgiving. Uh, the lifespan of elephants is not super well understood. There's I watched, uh, which I'll talk about a couple different things and I read a couple different things and some people say oh the most is like 54 years or 47 years is the average or whatever but there Mm -hmm. was one that was like oh no they could live up to 70 years Jeez, the things that stop them from living up to 70 years I'm sure if we can think about we've talked about these things before they're a large size animal they need a lot of acreage could it be humans you are correct Jen yeah so encroachment into their spaces by habitat destruction is a huge issue for Asian elephants, mm-hmm. so much so that they're actually endangered. All three species? Uh, no, just the Asian elephant is endangered currently. African elephants are vulnerable, so they're like almost endangered. They're on the cusp. Oh, they're on the cusp. Yeah, yeah. they're real close. Mm-hmm. And the biggest issue, for, I mean, there are issues for both of them is in terms of habitat destruction. And then the closer they get to human populations, incidents between them and humans or farmers or whatever mm-hmm. causes people to consider elephants a nuisance species, which blows my mind. Right. And justifies in their minds the killing of those elephants. And then in Africa, the biggest threat to them is i'm sure everyone has heard of the ivory trade right yeah because every elephant in africa grows tusks and those tusks are used for all kinds of yeah stupid shit that we don't need the ivory trade that they're i you know what is it illegal now in china i don't think i think it's still legal in china at the time of the documentary that i watched which was in 2016 the ivory game it's Mm -hmm. on netflix you can go watch it now it's fucking sad i'm not watching that you got again just bring your friggin' tissues well a lot of things are legal in the country that they're in but the cites act prevents them from importing or exporting correct so that's where yeah so this they try to stop it this documentary follows it kind of goes from africa 
sub-Saharan Africa, like they, they're in Tanzania, Kenya, Zambia, and there's uh, a bunch of elephant herds there. And there are these different organizations that protect the elephants from poachers and even farmers, like I had mentioned, farmers who want to kill them because they're considered nuisance species. Right. And then the illegal part is that the tusks, the ivory, are taken from Africa and shipped to ports like Hong Kong and then kind of like put into the registry of legal trade. Oh, uh, it, they, yeah. they switch around their numbers. They kind of flub their books. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, oh, these are legal, but they're not. Yeah. Anything for a dollar. Yeah. So it's like Vietnam and Hong Kong were two big areas where the, you know, they're trying to launder essentially this ivory. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting because there, I mean, I, I originally started taking notes on this documentary and then I was like, no, 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 I, I want to focus on the Honolulu thing. In this documentary, uh, they do a couple sting operations. Love it. And they find guys in Africa who are poachers for this one like big poacher. He's like this, they, they call him the devil. I can't remember his name offhand. Well, that sounds about right. Yeah. And he has like all these different networks of poachers and the poacher, like the first guy who actually goes out and kills the elephant mm-hmm. and, and they actually take off the front part of the face because remember the tusks are like teeth. Right. And they can't stay there in the field and pull them out without getting caught. And so they just take essentially the front part of the elephant's oh face God. with them it's fucking disgusting and then they go to another location and then you know remove the tusks from the the dental area mm-hmm. jaws and like what are they <laughs> the, called that dental area you know the place where the, your teeth are the jaw the yeah. jaw but they do these sting operations and they ask those poachers like why are you doing this like how much are you getting per pound or kilo right because mm-hmm. they're everywhere else in the world kilo mm-hmm. uh, and they're like oh like seven dollars a kilo like USD dollars, like, but in China, that same ivory sells like not, not art. There's no art on it. No, nothing. Just raw ivory sells for 3000 US dollars a kilo. Oh my God. So it's like these people who are living in impoverished conditions, they don't have a way to make money. There's issues, you know, that they're having to deal with. And they think poaching is the easiest way to make money to help their family. They do that and they get nothing and they they have like the highest amount of risk. And then there's like this, you know, it's kind of like a little bit organized crime. Totally organized crime. <laughs> yeah. And then there's this guy who's living in a mansion who's like in charge of all these subordinate poachers. Right. He's making bank. The devil. The devil. Satan himself. Yeah. And they actually, I mean, spoiler alert, they actually catch him. And the, Good. and the policeman who catches him is so happy. They like do these, and they're like clapping and like singing right outside the guy's cell. Oh my God. Just in front of him. It was... It was kind of funny. <laughs> I would do that. I'm like, you're the one who is making people cut off elephant faces. Yeah. And that's insane. It's horrible. And uh, like a century ago, there were some, some. I think it was like 1.3 million elephants. Mm-hmm. And now there are less than 400,000. Yeah. No, I'm not surprised at all. I mean, and they, there's like a number that they give at the end of the film, and it's in a lot of things where it says like every 15 minutes, someone has poached an elephant. Oh, my God. Yeah. Which I mean, they're the, and they say it a lot in the film. They're like, you know what? These poachers and the people in China who are selling this illegal, you know, as it, at, pretending it's legal, whatever, um, they're hoping it's almost like they're hoping for extinction because they're going to make that much more money. Right. Which is messed up. Uh, one thing that I did like in this film that the end is they took uh, the government has stockpiles. I mean, like tons. Uh, we're talking about like 100 tons 
of ivory, raw ivory that's been taken, they burn it all. And I love it. I love that they burn it because then it's like, we're taking this out of circulation. Yeah. No one gets it. No one gets it. So fuck all you guys. Yes. Yeah. Well, that used to be such a thing, like like piano keys and really like everyday yeah. things that people had mm-hmm. were made of ivory and, you know, like ebony and ivory. Yeah. Well, yeah. the rhino horn, they also mentioned the rhino horn in there. Mm-hmm. Also, I mean, that's a whole nother. That's a whole nother sure thing. sure we can do another episode about rhinos. I said CITES Act, but sorry, CITES Agreement. Correct. Just for those who don't know, it stands for the Convention on International Trade and Endangered Species. So of wild fauna and flora. So it's basically a global agreement among gov- uh, governments to regulate or ban international trade of species under threat. Right. That's that's how they stop it. Like, you know, I know in some islands, they're still allowed to get sea turtle shells mm-hmm. that are, you know, from endangered or uh, sea turtles. And mostly because it's part of their culture, right? which is totally fine, but they can't ship it, import it, or export it mm-hmm. because of um, CITES. Do you remember? So it does, I mean, it does stop it on some level, but that's where things get kind of shady and underground and right. illegal and stuff. Do you remember there was a Peace Corps that we knew of uh, who had shipped some giant clamshell? Oh, I and they got in trouble. That. They got in trouble for that. I, I don't think. It, I don't know if it was like under the CITES Act, but I just remember that there are things you cannot ship, <laughs> and yeah. that was definitely one of them. Well, I mean, you know, when I was a Peace Corps on the island, they the kids gave me all these shells, and I was like, I don't even know if I can take this back right? with me. And I had um, also a turtle shell ring that right. somebody had given me, and I mean, that's part of the culture. You don't just like. Get your turtle shell. You Get know. it out of my face. Yeah, you can't do that. I mean, it's it's really... It's like, well, I'll just keep it here. Yeah. At the airport. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just like kind of hit it. And I mean, yeah. I took it, but no, I, it I, just, it is what it is. Um. Oh, and actually, Jen, sorry, let me correct myself. I said, I think I said 1.2 million. It's, I was not reading. I'm reading out of the corner of my eye. And it's actually 12 million elephants were alive a century ago. 12 wow. million. And now they're down to below. It's got to be because at the time of this filming, it was like 2017, right? So it's got to be way below 400,000 if we're talking about 15 elephants or 15, one elephant every 15 minutes. Jeez. Oh, and by the way, the turtle shell ring, it was it's not illegal in the place where they gave it to me in, yeah in the country right it's not illegal so i don't want anybody to think that i was part of some illegal thing <laughs> it's just that i wasn't allowed to really take it sure jen so, I'm, I'm reporting you right now i'm just saying <laughs> it was totally legal there and yeah. totally culturally appropriate yes so. well yeah that's it's all i'm saying i think so that's kind of about the ivory trade i'm just gonna say go watch that documentary what's it called the ivory game the ivory game note to self note to self. never watch that just i mean i did see there's it's like blackfish is also on there and it's like all the documentaries that it's like you know about them already but you and, and you're you kind of want to watch them because you want to be as informed as possible but at the same time it's going to be so depressing and you already know and you're just going to feel so insanely more terrible about being a human being yes it's like watching anything that PETA puts together. Yeah. Those remember the one we yes. watched? Yeah. And you're just like, never mind. Was that food ink? Yeah. It's hard to get through those. Yeah. Because you feel a little bit helpless. And even you know, even one of the guys in the documentary was like, It's like you're pushing on a piece of an avalanche that's just barreling down on you. Oh. And yeah. I was like, God. Yes. <laughs> that's yeah, what what can you do? And I think for us, it's like you can do as much as you can, which is you can talk to people about it. 
You right. can donate some money, time, efforts, whatever. Well, and whatever. also, it's not most areas where there's there's not that there aren't elephants and right. there's no issue. It it's not a problem right. for us. Yeah. So it's a day, you know, day to day. So mm-hmm. it's hard, you know, to feel it and know what's going on. But I think, well, at the end, I'm sure you'll tell us where we're going to donate. Oh, yeah. And I'm sure we're <laughs> going to be able to adopt some, um, at least in theory, or adopt some uh, elephants. elephants. Yeah. We're going to get some pygmy elephants. Just I kidding. want a pygmy. Okay. <laughs> keep that in my you yard. You can keep it in your yard. Definitely. Yeah. Just kidding. <laughs> we don't keep exotic animals. <laughs> we don't? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Then this next part I'm going to talk about is uh, elephants used in entertainment, specifically circuses. Yikes. Fun. See? Dumbo. Dumbo, man. I mean, I could stand that movie when I was a kid. And, and that song, that baby mind song. Oh, my God. Jen, how am I going to get through this episode? I don't know how I... Okay. Let's just... We'll do our best. Yeah. It's going to be... I'm probably going to be tearing up a little bit. I'm going to be like, Jen, is this... She's going to get all teary-eyed. It's going to be fine. Okay. Uh, so the very first documented elephant to work in a circus, uh, his name was Jumbo. Okay. <laughs> um, and he was born around, question mark, December 25th, 1860. I, it's so funny to me that they're like, oh, he was born around December 25th. Like uh, on that date. I mean, This is just the now. first like documented. Because, first documented. I mean, come on. Right. There was animals being used in all kinds of stuff. For sure. All over the world. Yeah. And tied up and tortured. Yeah. He was born maybe December 25th, 1860. And he oh, died. On Christmas. On Christmas. Right. Oh, he's a little Miss Miss. He's an elephant. <laughs> he's a Miss Miss elephant. <laughs> um, and he died September 15th, 1885. He is also known as Jumbo the Elephant and Jumbo the Circus Elephant. Those are, you know, very creative names. Yes. So creative. Um, he, he was a 19th century male African bush elephant born in Sudan. Okay. And there's a whole thing about how he was bought and sold and moved and all this. I think he spent some time in France in a zoo and then they sent him to England. And then it, he was used at a zoo in England in London and like kids could ride him and stuff. Even mm-hmm. Queen Victoria's kids rode on him. Wow. Uh, and he was beloved in England. It was like, everyone loved this elephant. He's really huge. And then P.T. Barnum was like, I want that elephant for my circus. Yep. And he bought him. And there was this whole outrage that happened. Uh, Everyone in London was like, fuck you. We want to keep this elephant. Yeah. In the end, the sale went through and P.T. Barnum got him for his circus. That guy. That guy. So he took uh, Jumbo to the United States for exhibition on March, in March of 1882. And Jumbo, let me tell you about how big he is. Jumbo's shoulder height has been estimated to have been 3.23 meters or 10 feet, 7 inches at the time of his death and was claimed to be about 4 meters or 13 feet and 1 inch by Barnum. So wait, he, did you say 13 feet and 1 inch? Yeah, 13 I'm glad feet you told inch. me about that extra inch. Yeah, no problem. So. That's <laughs> it a, makes all the difference. a deal breaker yeah. right there. Yeah, yeah. For like, if that wasn't for that 1 inch, not big enough. <laughs> exactly. Wait, how old was he when he died? I got mixed up on the year 18 1860 to 1885 so 25 okay yeah and he was still growing because he's still like a, a juvenile like not a juvenile but a like a middle whatever what's that called he's like college age <laughs> he's college age when they fill out yeah when he was getting his mustache and like really yeah, yeah. yeah. mustache his mustache <laughs> he was getting his mustache and it out <laughs> uh jump chest hair <laughs> right <laughs> just, just had this like magnet pi moment 
He's wearing he's wearing a lot of collared shirts, halfway buttoned, <laughs> like Aloha wear, gold jewelry, some small like white shorts. <laughs> oh God! All right, uh, Jumbo is the Tufts University mascot, and he's referenced by a plaque outside the old Liberal Hall and also a pub. So while he was in London, uh, he broke he broke both of his tusks. And when they regrew, he ground them down against the stonework of his enclosure. So I don't think it's normal for elephants to break their tusks. And I don't think it's normal for them to grind their tusks down on Probably the wall. Probably not. No. Likely his enclosure was too small for him. Likely he was losing his mind. Well, and I'm, I'm assuming also that if he's in a circus after he was in London, I mean, we're talking about elephant trainers, and we're going to talk more about elephant trainers here in a minute. But I'm sure he was brutalized. Yeah. Um, His keeper in London was Matthew Scott, and he wrote an autobiography, and he talks about his life taking care of Jumbo. I didn't read any of it. I don't know about Matthew Scott. I'm just forewarning you. I'm only kind of including him here because he was the first recorded circus elephant. Okay. Yeah. So we don't know if he was a good guy or a bad guy. Yeah, I don't know if he was good or bad. It seems like he really cared about the elephant, but that's as much as I got. Right. So. Okay. When Barnum exhibited Jumbo, remember it was like March, what did I say? 1884, 1882, uh-huh. something like that. Uh, he was in Madison Square Garden. He earned enough. So he bought Jumbo for like $10,000 in today's money. Okay. And he earned enough in like three showings of the elephant to pay for him like it was people were obsessed Uh uh-huh because it's this huge elephant you know people living in america had never seen an elephant in real life in real life right and you know he's like a train now he's like a trained elephant Mm -hmm. he's doing shit they had a 31 week season and in that time they earned 1.75 million dollars wow mostly because of jumbo being there wow so jumbo died uh in kind of a really tragic accident they were walking him across a railway (gasps) and there's a couple different stories like pt barnum is like oh he was leading this little elephant to safety and you know they both got hit but what happened was he was walking across and a train came i'm kind of like out of nowhere like trains usually don't come out of nowhere you know what i mean right um but he got hit on his hind area and uh, died from internal injuries oh my gosh yeah it's really fucking sad like why would you let the elephant be hanging on the railroad tracks? Right? Also, I mean, there's so many issues with this. It's it, You're putting them in these small small cargo containers. I mean, he's huge. Yeah. And you're already going to lock him in this thing. I don't know. There's so many things that I have a problem with. So he should be in Africa things. running around. Well, yeah. But anyway. He should be hanging with all his dude friends mm-hmm. in his dude pack. So they say that he died within minutes of being struck by the train but there's a picture was it him and another elephant or well pt barnum said it was another elephant that was there but the other elephant that also got hit only had a broken leg and it was a much smaller elephant okay so he kind of sensationalized the story a little bit as if jumbo were saving the smaller elephant but in actuality they were just being led to cargo containers oh boy train train boxy cars yeah whatever they're called like in dumbo like in dumbo like in dumbo yes yes there are so many images that I saw of elephants in these uh, boxcars. And it's just like, wow, that's... Dumbo is totally a normal story for elephants. Other than that he flew. Other than that he flew. Yeah. Yeah. That's the different part. And it it ended happily. (laughs) Right. But all the shit before that is the actual reality of an elephant's life in the circus in, in entertainment. So like I said, get your box of tissues. Thanks, Megan. You're welcome. 
Okay, after Jumbo died, P.T. Barnum actually had like his uh, skin stuffed and then he was, I forget, he was at Tufts University for a while, but then he also went to like the American history, American... So he was taxidermied? He was taxidermied. Or had his skin stuffed. Had his skin stuffed. (laughs) Whichever. (laughs) Is that what... You know what's embarrassing? Is that what we're going on? You know what's embarrassing is that my sister's husband is a taxidermist. Right. So I should like know. Anyway. uh, (laughs) And then he had his heart sent someplace for people to see. And so it's like he made these additional attractions. So his skeleton was sent to the National History Museum. That's what he does, though. But that's like, you know, showman. Showman. Yeah. He's as much as I love as much as I love the Hugh Jackman greatest showman movie like it was great and everything but it's like i also hated it yes uh sadly there was a fire where his uh remains were the the taxidermied remains (laughs) (laughs) stuff skin stuff skin all that's left is like a piece of the trunk and like an ear or something gross yeah but they they keep it it's in like a storage thing okay in some kind of science storage i don't know you go read it on wikipedia i'm not gonna go through that that's i mean think about that that they saved all those little shreds but then here we go over to Africa and they're just cutting off the face. Right. And letting them rot. Yeah. There's no other use. Ugh. And not that I would like condone murdering elephants because it's, it, it, yeah. Yes. I'm just saying. Just saying. Yeah. Uh, there was a show that David Attenborough did talking about Jumbo, Attenborough and the Giant Elephant. It was presented on the BBC on December 10th, 2017. And they examined the skeleton that was in another location, right? Uh-huh. Uh, at the Smithsonian. At the, was it the Smithsonian? I, I think it's said... a National History Museum. Oh, sorry. Or, National History yeah, Museum. Okay. One of those. Close enough. Same, same. <laughs> same, same. Uh, so his molar teeth were malformed, uh, they think, because he had a long-term soft diet and it didn't wear his molar teeth down correctly. Apparently, it was recorded that he had night rages, like he was just very angry. And th- mm-hmm. through the examination of this skeleton, they think it's because he had issues with his teeth. And that it wasn't that he was just, what do they call it? It's muths. I can't say that word, muth. But it's like when male elephants get kind of like, you know, angry. Yeah. Uh, what is the word? How do you spell it? M-U-S-T-H. Muth. 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 That's the name for it when they get enraged? Yeah. I think it's also related to like mating time or something. When they just, they it just makes get me think horny? Of, well, it makes me think of the word musk. <laughs> I don't know. I could be musk. really wrong. Musk. 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 <laughs> That's it. Uh, so yeah, the, his keeper at the time thought it was this condition, musks. <laughs> and, and they think maybe it was actually his teeth. They also show skin abrasions. So they looked at a, a postmortem photograph of Jumbo, and it shows skin abrasions consistent with an illustration produced just after his death. Uh, of when the freight train hit him, uh, likely that's where they determined that the cause of death was that internal bleeding. So his teeth were all jacked up because they need to constantly chew like yes. vegetation and mm-hmm. it wears down their their, their molars. Yeah. And so because his were elongated, it caused him a lot of pain. Pain, yeah. Also, they examined his limb bones and he had some overgrown tendon attachment areas and they say that's consistent with being overloaded. Oh, yeah, from mm-hmm. all of Queen Elizabeth's Freaking Kids. family yeah. riding around on him. Queen Queen Victoria. Oh, sorry. Queen Victoria. Close enough. 
best. So it was Queen Elizabeth. Because she was really... You're right. (laughs) But it it wasn't her instead of her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, But he was, like I had mentioned, he was still growing at the time of his death because he was 25. Mm -hmm. So even though they said he was like 10 feet and then P.T. Barn was like, no, he's going to be 13 and one inch. uh, (laughs) he He probably was right. Because Jumbo was still growing. So he was a big ass elephant. A big, sad elephant. Yes. With messed up teeth and a hurdy back or limbs. Mm-hmm. I would think there would be something about that elephants are constantly moving and walking over these large, you know. Expansive areas. Yes. And yeah. I would think that being stuck in a box, a room or whatever, you know, in some small enclosure day after day and not. I, I would, I, when you said something about the limbs, I thought it was going to be associated with that. Yeah. Well, also, there's a whole thing. About, elephants are, and they say, I'll talk about it a little bit more. They're extremely intelligent. Oh, yeah. And they need. They paint. They paint. Exactly. Um, and they need like tactile. You know, we talked about their trunks can be used to greet each other. Mm-hmm. And they, they do a lot of touching and a lot of movement around each other. And, and they need other elephants. They need other elephants. It's very important. Yeah. So this is a quote from a Guardian article entitled Elephants Unchained. The day has gone by when this was entertainment. Over and over again, staff at the Tennessee Sanctuary tell me that, quote, elephants never kill anyone accidentally. Like humans, they can snap. Constant beating, solitary confine- confinement, being chained to the floor, all of this can understandably push any elephant to the brink. Some will retaliate. So, yeah. Now we're going to talk about Tyke the elephant. Okay. So I got some information from a lot of different places. I actually got to watch the documentary. I may or may not have watched it on something that was on YouTube that I'm not going to give you the link to because I don't think it's copyrighted. <laughs> it's probably <laughs> But not I really legit. needed I really needed to watch it and they don't <laughs> it's like on Netflix if you're in the United States, but apparently Guam even though we're in the United States is not considered United States and so it wasn't allowed in my region. Ugh. Come so on. I had watched a bunch of clips, but then I finally found it on some random French YouTube. Um, so it was that was fun. But yeah, so that um, the Huffington Post, there's a Huffington Post article called Tyke Elephant Honolulu Circus. Uh, and then there's a star bulletin, the Honolulu Star Bulletin. It's like the local paper in Honolulu. Yes. Uh, and there's a story on like remembering Tyke the Elephant. Oh, that's not good. Yeah. I see where this is going. <laughs> If there's a like, it's not going to go well, Jen. If where this is a remembering <laughs> article, yeah. then things didn't go well. They didn't yeah. bode well for Tyke. For Tyke, Tyke was born around 1973 and taken. Uh, they say that hunters killed her mm-hmm. mom, but you know, again, just like with the chimpanzees, I really question that. Yeah, the legitimacy. So she was a female African bush elephant from Mozambique. And let's talk a little bit about her personality. So out of all of the elephants that she lived with over the years, so she was a, a entertainment circus elephant. She would be the most aggressive towards trainers. Uh, one trainer wouldn't even go into the pen with her when they were doing hay feeding because uh, Tyke would always charge at her, kind of yeah. like a little bit protective of the other elephants. And then another trainer said that, and actually this this trainer, his name is Tyrone Taylor. And he was, I think, I don't know if he was like the longest running trainer with her, but he was the one who connected the most with her. Mm-hmm. And he said that she, so on her, uh, I think he said left side, maybe, um, she had a piece of a tusk. So she didn't have her right side tusk. And then she had this like smaller piece 
on her left side. Okay. And she would intentionally nudge him with her tusk. I mean, I don't agree with this, but I guess he had about four inches of her tusk removed uh, so that she couldn't poke him with it because he felt like she was getting aggressive with her tusk. Oh. So there's that. And that's the guy who, in all of this story, I feel like has the most compassion for her mm-hmm. and love for her as an animal. And he removed four inches of her tusk. So there's that. But that's that's the thing is even if he was the most compassionate of them all and mm. cared about her the most, he's still doing what he's doing. Exactly. And he still believes that what he's doing is okay in that equals removing four inches of tusk is okay. Right. So the documentary that I watched is called Tyke Elephant Outlaw. Tyke Elephant Outlaw? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, you, I mean, originally I was kind of like, oh, I don't know about that title. Like, are you trying to say that she's like bad? Right. Like, like she's what? an outlaw? Right. But that's not, I feel like in the end, that's not um, the direction they were going. I think that that, that might have been more for like sensationalism. Okay. But uh, it is a very good documentary. It just, it shows the evils of of elephants and circuses, how they're trained. Did you cry through the entire thing? Jesus Christ. Yes. Oh, oh I, I sobbed. I'm not watching that. At the end. Nope. Nope, nope, nope. So Tyke worked, worked, I'm using quotes here, worked (laughs) for the Hawthorne Corporation. And this particular corporation would like essentially rent out elephants to different circuses. So she was owned by them. So they owned the elephants. And the owner of Hawthorne Corporation is John Cuneo. Okay. All right. He's a real asshat. All the elephants in Hawthorne Corporation that were used had a reputation for being, quote, bad elephants. The trainers were told that they had to be very firm with the elephants. The group that Tyke worked with the most, there was Hattie and Queen, and those were two Asian elephants. And then Tyke and Jackie were the African elephants. And like I said, she was real temperamental. She really hated certain people, everybody. And there was a lady, Sally Johnson, who's the compound manager for Hawthorne Corporation. So they had this compound, and it's just like sheds. Uh I think it's in Illinois. It's like all these different sheds where they keep the animals. And it's like, they would chain the, the elephants up for 22 hours a day. Oh, my God. 22 hours. They're just in a shed. chained in a shed. By in themselves. A line. The only time that they got um, unchained was if they were going to go practice for whatever circus. When was this? Fucking messed up. In the 70s? No, no, no. Mm-mm. The 90s. In the 90s? The 80s and 90s. This was still happening in the 80s and 90s. Yes. Please tell me that it's not happening anymore. Well, yeah, we'll get there. Okay. Both Sally and Tyrone would describe her as being very gun shy or very touchy. Like she was always expecting discipline. Mm-hmm. So if she did something that she knew was was wrong, mm-hmm. like she elephants are extremely smart. Like I had mentioned, they have the ability to remember everything that's right. happened previously. And part of elephant society, if you will, is that the matriarchs are teaching that history that they know to the younger elephants. That's how it's getting passed down. Like, this is where Mm -hmm. we go. This is what we do, whatever. And so she has this history of people being abusive to her. Anything she does that might be considered wrong, if she steps a certain way or if she, you know, doesn't jump high enough or whatever, she's going to get disciplined. So Tyrone said the very first time he ever met her, he walked into her pen 
and she immediately picked up some hay and threw it at him. Good girl. I know, right? And he was like, oh, this elephant is like, she has she has something. Yeah, she's spicy. She's spicy. And yeah. John Cuneo was like, oh, that's just Tyke. Like, he blew it off. Mm-hmm. And even Tyrone said, you know, when I first met her, I knew she wasn't good for the circus. Like, she's not going to be. Well, and she's completely displaying behaviors of an abused animal. Yes, 100%. I mean, yeah. does, does, did, did no one? Oh, no, they all knew. Well, even Tyrone said as soon as she did that, she cowered away as if expecting to be hit. Oh, my God. It's so sad. It's Megan. so sad. And he, he actually didn't. So I think he said he used the bullhorn, which a bullhorn is like the, the rod with the little hook on the end. Oh. Um, he used it once on her. He wouldn't. Out of all of the trainers, and let me just also say, Tyrone is a black man, Mm -hmm. and he does talk about in the documentary how discriminated against and just nasty some of the other elephant trainers were, or animal trainers in general, Mm -hmm. general were to him, and that he didn't treat the animals in a way that was mean. Like, he tried to be more like an elephant to help them learn. So they were not only like animal torturers, but they were also racist animal torturers. 100%. Lovely. And Sally Johnson says, like, you know, there were not a lot of ladies working in animal, any kind of training for animals at that time. And that uh, she was told and she would witness it all the time. Just it was like the men were filled with this testosterone and they were like clomping around and they were just really mean. Yeah, toxic masculinity. Masculinity, Yeah. There are videos that they show. I mean, you should be warned. This is trigger warning. They they beat the elephants in the videos. There's like undercover videos and then also just regular videos of like how to train an elephant. Yeah, I've seen I've seen clips of those. I can't really watch it, but I've seen it, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, And Sally Johnson actually took care of their breeding bull. So they kept a bull male elephant at the Uh compound who didn't I don't think he went actually worked in the circus. They just used him for breeding. What I don't understand is if they have this compound, yes. why don't they just like open it up and let them all just like roam around Thank and you. eat grass and be you cool. Know. Yeah. What? Why? Why do you need to chain them up? I don't understand that at all. And it's like expansive. They do a flyover, and there's nothing around this compound. It's just green area. I don't get that. I don't understand either. Where is this at again? Illinois. Illinois. Okay. So I'm sure that like in the winter months they couldn't. I bet they still could. Right. Yeah. They could figure out something. Well, they could have like an indoor enclosure, but then a big outdoor. I mean, it's just like what they do yeah. at zoos. And it's, yeah. you know, they have like those huge areas they can walk F- around and then out. go back inside. So, but no, they didn't. They chained them up 22 hours a day. So, yeah. She also says, you know, they weren't allowed to um, interact with other elephants. So it was like they didn't get that tactile mm-hmm. thing that they needed. She kind of describes, you know, that testosterone fueled environment. She says that some of the guys were like, I'm such a man, I can beat up an elephant. Oh, my God. You know, like that kind of bullshit. Mm -hmm. Um, She did say that she would witness elephants being beaten until they were screaming. Oh, my God. I don't want to hear an elephant scream. I know. I don't want to hear that. Or that they just gave up. They would just, I mean, literally, like, just lay down. And that's how they broke them. Tyke was, like I said, had this reputation for requiring more discipline because she was so strong-willed. And she would fight all of her handlers, all of her groomers, all of the trainers. She would, like, fight them on stuff. Mm-hmm. And fucking good for her. She wasn't but, having it. Yeah. On April 21st, 1993, Tyke escaped through the front doors of an Alatoona, Pennsylvania, 
Jaffa Shrine Center during a performance. So she was, they were doing a performance in like inside a building and she busted out. I saw a picture of it. It is, it's hilarious. Like it's this huge elephant shaped hole that she just fucking busted through. Is it like the Kool-Aid man? Yes. (laughs) And he like goes through the wall. (laughs) It's like shaped like, yeah. Yeah. And she was like just running around the neighborhood. And Tyrone was with her and he actually was able to kind of get to her and say like, hey, you know, like, let's go back. And I I don't know how long it was that she was untethered and kind of running around. I think it was around an hour. Uh And she caused $14,000 in damage. And I'm like, good on you. Good on you. (laughs) An affidavit obtained by a circus worker from a circus worker by the USDA said that Tyke had also attacked a tiger trainer while the circus was in Alatoona. Wow. So she was like not into it. So the police had wanted to shoot her at the time, but Tyrone was like, no, like, let me get her. And he had got, like I said, he had gotten her back into the bar. No one was hurt. And at that time, Tyrone said, I know she's a runner. She cannot be in any more shows. She's a runner. And this is her instinct because she knows that like if she doesn't do something right, she's going to get in trouble and she doesn't want to experience that. So she pieces the fuck out. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. So there were a lot of people after this first incident that said she should not ever perform again. She's going to run away again. Why don't we send her to a sanctuary somewhere where she can just walk around and be free? Tyrone says that repeatedly to John Cuneo. And he's like, no, she's going to continue working. Oh, my God. The interesting thing about elephants, too, is that um, some of the trainers in this thing talk about how they hold grudges. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, because they're smart. Sally says, like, they'll wait years before they kill you, Mm -hmm. but they know why they're doing it. Yeah. So there was a groomer. Tyrone hired this groomer, Warren Wilkinson, and he and Warren work really well with uh, with Ty. Uh, Tyrone mentions a number of times that even though he's working with those four elephants all together, Jackie, Queen, I forget the other name, and Tyke, mm-hmm. he would always have to be calling Tyke. Like he could be over with Queen and doing something with her, but he's always like Tyke because he's always got to keep an eye on her. Then July 23rd of 1993, that same year rolls around. And Tyke was sent to a fair in North Dakota. And it's it's an outdoor state fair. So there's like carnival games and... Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah. Been to those. I know you weren't allowed to go. I was not allowed to go to the state fair. But I did go. (laughs) (laughs) So when she went to this fair, it was Tyrone and Warren taking care of Tyke and the other three elephants. And then John Cuneo had asked for this other guy to come with them, this other groomer. Mm-hmm. But they call them grooms, but I'm, I think they're there to like help with the trainer and then they help clean the animal, take care feed, of them, feed all the things. Up, yeah. yeah. And so this new guy was a real dick face. Yeah. And he was like trying to be really like, dyke, la, 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 like, you know, kind of throwing commands at her and stuff. Yeah. And Tyrone was like, bro, calm the fuck down. He was being stop. super aggro. Yeah. And he actually said to him, you need to stop talking to her like that. Mm-hmm. Stop it. And it's because all the previous trainers had told this guy, I think his name is Mike, you have to be really hard on her. She's a bad elephant, you know. She's like, fuck you, dude. Right. Picks him up. Uh-huh. Shoves him against this, like, garbage container. Nice. Nice. I like Like one of those big going. ones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's pushing on him. He'll drop to the ground. She drags him back by his foot, picks him up, shoves him back against it, just continues to do this. She's killing him, like, on purpose. She's like, you're a motherfucker. I'm killing you. I'm done. I'm done. Yeah. And this is the one time that Tyrone says he used the bull 
bull hook on her just to stop her to stop her from killing this guy he kind of like pierces her in the back of her ear yeah and she runs away she's like i'm in trouble now she pieces out okay so now she's running around and this is at the state fair this is at the state fair and she's running around like in the crowd or no 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 they don't say anything about the crowd i think that the fair wasn't open yet or something Uh uh-huh she's just kind of running around she's loose okay so they have to go get her yeah Uh, you know tyrone kind of goes after her and Warren is with Queen, and mm-hmm. he's kind of like holding her on the side. And it's like he sees Tyrone go over in about 23 minutes. She's running around loose. Right. You know, she's real super alert. Like her ears are straight out, which is, mm-hmm. I guess, a sign of elephants being really alert and like kind of not aggressive, but like they might it might lead to aggression. Right. He kind of corners her and he's like he like yells her name, but not in a yells her name but not in a way that's like um mean or anything he's just like tyke let's go and she she runs towards him and warren describes it as like oh shit i gotta go save this guy i have to leave this other elephant i'm gonna have to go save tyrone from being like run over by this by tyke who's like running straight at him oh my god but tyrone describes it as she was running to him like a big happy dog like she was happy to see him right and he had his arms outstretched to her and she came up, uh, she like let him hug her. Oh, it was it's actually kind of sweet. And he hugs her and he's like, you know, I always give them so much love. I want them to feel loved. And I try to act like another elephant around them and like kind of stomp around like how they do and yeah. love on them. And like, that's the approach. I believe him. Yeah, I believe he cares. Yeah, that's like when my dogs get out. <laughs> and like run around the neighborhood and I stand with my arms outstretched and they just run past me. They're like, ah, we're not coming back. I'm like, you're we're never coming back. <laughs> and then you're like, it's dinner time. And they're like, all right, we'll come back. I'm like, you want chicken? They're like, mm, maybe. Fine. Yes. They do. There's some mention in some USDA and Canadian law enforcement documents. I'm not sure why Canada was involved. I mean, North Dakota, maybe it's like close enough. Yeah. But uh, they say that the elephant handler was observed beating the African elephant to in the public to the point where the elephant was screaming and bending down on three legs to avoid being hit. Even when the handler walked by the elephant after this, the elephant screamed and veered away, demonstrating fear from his presence. Um, that's that guy, Mike, the ass face. The one that got body slammed all the over the place. The one that place. got body slammed all over the place. So there's a reason that happened. Well, like said, so then. how what happened with him afterwards? So he was fine. He lived. All right. Yeah. Okay. You know, after this now second incident, mm-hmm. Tyrone goes to Cuneo and says, like, I'm not using her in any more performances, period. Yeah. Like, I'm done. Yeah. Like, she doesn't want to do this anymore. She shouldn't be made to do this. You should put her in it. Uh, it's dangerous. Yeah. He's like, you should put her in an elephant sanctuary or she should go to a zoo. Yeah. Someplace where she's not having to do any kind of work. Like, she's not made for this. Right. I mean, no elephant is made for it, number one, but her especially. Right. Yeah. Tyrone even told him, she's going to kill someone someday. You should do something about it. Okay. But John Cuneo was like, the money. It's all about the cash. All about the cash. In 1994, like summer 1994, Mm -hmm. she is put onto a ship Mm -hmm. uh, for four days from LA to Honolulu. And during that time, so Tyrone had something else he was doing. And he did not go uh, on this, this trip. I wonder if he just was against it. Oh, yeah. And that he just didn't. He's just like, I'm out. I can't. You're not going to listen. And I'm Mm -hmm. not going to. I mean, as much as he like cared for the animal, he at a point, I'm sure he just felt like no one cared or listened. But yeah, you're right. 
no one no one listened to him and mm-hmm. that's how he he even says it in the documentary he's like you know i said these things but i was i was dismissed like i didn't know what i was talking about right and he's this person who has a very close relationship with the mm-hmm. elephant and sally johnson had told Cuneo and even Alan Campbell, who's the new trainer for Tyke mm-hmm. going on this trip, you shouldn't take her. Right. Something bad is going to happen. So Alan Campbell is an elephant trainer and he's he worked with a bunch of different elephants, but he was known to be very heavy handed. Mm. Anyway, he the first interaction he has with Tyke is at the compound where he's picking her up and then they spend four days together on a ship from LA to Honolulu. And he tells Warren, the groom for Tyrone, Mm-hmm. that, you know, everything's going to be fine because my Africans will keep her in line. So he had a bunch of other elephants that he was used to. Oh. And then Tyke. And so he was like, oh, they'll keep her in line. Like his elephants would. Yeah, because he's trained them so good, you know, that they're going to like right keep her where she needs to be. Okay. Uh, when Sally had told him to leave Tyke behind, she said that he laughed at her and had like a real macho reaction. Like, I can handle it. Mm. she's just an elephant the reason cuneo had sent her along is that the contract that he had for this circus that was going on in honolulu was for so many elephants and if he didn't provide that number of elephants then he would be in what you breach. call breach thank you in breach of the contract all about the cashola here yeah he's just seeing them as money makers yeah exactly mm-hmm. august 20th 1994 everyone in honolulu is like fucking stoked the circus is in town. Mm-hmm. They have some video of the animals coming off the boat. You see Tyke eating in one of the containers. Again, very small container. You can see her. Um, it was like a super Disney moment. Uh, you could see her trunk coming out of one of the vents. Oh, my God. Like sniffing around, feeling around. Ugh. God, it was. I can't imagine. Heartbreaking. The elephants are kind of like the end of the circus because they're the big act. Mm-hmm. Right? Like like we were talking about with Jumbo, like people paid to see the elephants. It was a big deal. So there's this high wire act that's going on and the crowd hears this really loud trumpeting. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, it must be part of the show. And they see this one of the guys describes like, I see this beige thing kind of being rolled around behind the curtain. There's a curtain where the animals will all come out. In the uh-huh. bla- they're in the Blaisdell Arena, which is just like a circular arena. And there's kind of like a rectangle in the middle for like basketball, whatever. This is where the circus part is going on. And then there's a curtain. Indoors? It's indoors. Oh, okay. Yeah. Then there's this curtain and the elephant, all the other animals are behind the curtain. They see underneath at the bottom of the curtain, this beige thing kind of being like rolled around. And like, what the hell is that? And then it gets kicked out from the curtain and then the elephant tyke comes out with it and at first everyone's like oh weird she has like a little toy like a dummy oh god oh god like the guy who's describing the beige thing is like there's no angles to it there's no elbow there's no knee there's no angles it's just like rolling around and then everyone realizes it's a person and she is kickball kicking like a rag doll like a rag doll and picking him up with her trunk and throwing him down and kicking him repeatedly there's you can watch the video there's because they were making a professional video of the circus that day and it is public you can watch it it's horrific (laughs) like for everyone involved everyone then starts screaming Mm -hmm. like panic ensues the crowd is like fucking holy shit (laughs) then this guy in a blue jumpsuit comes out and he's trying to stop her and he's saying stop stop and he's putting his hands up like this right in front of her face and he tries to hug her oh my god her face it's alan campbell okay he's hugging her it's a groomer 
Alan Campbell is the trainer. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So I he's... thought he was the one that she was kicking around. No. Oh, okay. That's another guy. So Alan Campbell comes up. And actually, the guy she's kicking around, his name is Dallas Beckworth. And he's the groom for Alan Campbell. He works oh, with Alan Campbell. Oh, so, okay. Because her original dudes. They're not there. They're not there. Yeah. I thought maybe the groom for... The... Oh, Warren. No, yeah, Warren I did thought... not go. Okay. He... he he was one of the guys who told um, Alan Campbell, like, don't fucking do this, dude. So, yeah, no, Warren and Tyrone, they're not involved in this in any way. Mm-hmm. So the beige ball is this guy, Dallas Beckworth. He's the groom. Ugh. And then Alan is in, because he's a trainer, he will be performing. So he's in, like, this kind of, like, blue sequined jumpsuit action. Of course. He also has a mullet. So. He's in his circus wear. He's in his circus wear. With his mullet. He's real geared up. Um, oh and he's now in front of her and he's hugging her. And she just pushes him straight to the ground and pushes him along the ground while she's still kicking and kind of stepping over slash on Dallas Beckworth. And then she kind of lifts up. They don't think they show this in there, but apparently he that's when he gets uh, stomped. Alan Campbell. So she like goes up on her back legs and then yeah throws down her front legs on him. Yeah. Onto the trainer, Alan Campbell. Alan. Okay. Yeah. Good grief. She's over it. And then she kind of steps back and you see her ears go out really wide. Mm-hmm. And and Sally is watching this. Like they, they show Tyrone watching it. They show Sally watching the video kind of going mm-hmm. through what she's mm-hmm. doing. Sally says like, you know, Alan was actually more of a casualty. Like... The intended victim was Dallas. Mm-hmm. And whatever he did to her, however he treated her, she didn't like it and she was done. Yeah. And she was going to kill him. Uh, ironically, Dallas survives. Really? Alan is dead. He's she, laying there on the ground in the video. He's dead. She just stomped his yeah. self, his body. Yeah. So she kind of, when she's backing up and her ears go out, Sally says, like, now she's listening for the other elephants. You might not be able to hear it in the video, but she can hear them. Uh-huh. And she's thinking, what am I going to do? Yeah. Like, she doesn't have a plan. She was like, I'm going to kill this guy and I'm going to take off. It's so funny. Sally's like, I'm going to take off to Mexico. You know, yeah. like, <laughs> she's, she's just, just out. She's she just like, shit. Out. She knows she's done something bad. Mm-hmm. She's kind of like, what am I going to do? You see her head move around like, okay. And then that guy, Dallas Beckworth, moves a little bit and she goes right back on him. And she's just kicking him, moving him, whatever. And then there's uh, some kind of loud noise or something spooks her because it's like everyone in the auditorium, in the arena, they're Mm -hmm. freaking out. It's like screaming and adrenaline and all of this. And she's reacting to some of that as well. Uh And it's kind of like she realizes like, I'm in a lot of shit right now. And Mm -hmm. so she pieces out. She goes out through another set of curtains or another doorway. Uh-huh. She knocks over a couple people in the process. They, yeah. they don't die. I think it's like nine people get injured and her stampede out. Mm-hmm. And she takes off into Kakaako, which is like this kind of like trendy district now. But at the time, <laughs> it's just like shops and stuff. And yeah, there's a mall over there. Anyway, so and then uh, then they show the video. It's like those two guys, you know, Alan in his blue jumpsuit dead. And that guy, Dallas, they someone goes and picks him up and drags him away but there's like blood and poop and just things all over oh and there's God. this guy, there's this i feel bad for this guy there's this guy on the microphone like if you've been injured in any way please come here to seek medical assistance you know just that's not what he thought he was going to be doing I'm that day. already picturing all the hawaiians and they're like the things that they're ex- exclaiming <laughs> <laughs> it would just be like 
It's great. They have so in the documentary, they have a bunch of people who were there, like spectators who were yeah, there that day. That they interviewed. They they are great. They're, they're wonderful. They're so funny and just I can just only imagine. I'm not gonna try to like <laughs> right? yeah, say no. or do because I don't do the whole accent very well, even oh, though yeah. I lived there for a short time. But yeah, it's just it, I I, I laughed. only imagine. I laughed. Because that's, that's just things. so out of their realm of anything. Right? Yeah. Like nope. <laughs> yeah, nope. We're just islanders that no. We don't no. have elephants here. Yeah. And what the hell just happened? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and and they're probably like, yeah, that guy probably deserved it. Right? You know, that would be their thinking. <laughs> like, well, what did he do? What did that guy do? And well, and even over the loudspeaker, they're saying things like, please remain calm and stay seated. And people are like, Fuck they're, no. like they're like, yeah, <laughs> like that's that. not happening. No. There's a there's like the promoter for this circus, this event at the Blaisdell. He's like a local guy in Hawaii. I can't remember his name offhand. Anyway, there's a video of him trying to hold this fence in front of the elephant, in front of Tyke. Oh, and Tyke no. is like, "Are you kidding me right now?" Yeah, just no. like goes through. She actually kind of starts to stomp on him, mm. and there's like a cop nearby who just shoots a, a bullet up into the air, and it scares her away enough that she goes down the street. Okay. So she's running around the street. There's, it's great. The video of it, it's like all these different cop cars, but then also like the, um, the meter police. You know what I'm talking about? Like the <laughs> yeah. little meter car. They're like riding yeah. next to her, you They're know? like, meet me, meet me. <laughs> hey, elephant. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> the meter, the meter maids are like following the, like everybody. All these people are out. Like just, I mean, it's a spectacle. It's a spectacle. And nobody has tranquilizer darts. Nobody has tranquilizer. No one talks about tranquilizer darts. And the one guy who would have maybe been able to help her is dead. Yeah. The trainer who's supposed to be, you know, good at controlling elephants. He's the only dude there. Yeah. And, you know. And his buddy is in bad shape. uh, Yeah. They've got no one. So the Honolulu Police Department uh, decide to shoot her. And they yeah. shoot her 87 times. <gasps> and it is... Oh, my God. Please don't tell me there's video of that. <sighs> there is video of it. I watched it. It's the fucking saddest thing I've ever seen in my life. Just even the sound of the guns and, like, her... She falls over on this car. There are these cars, like, parked on the side of the road. Oh, my God. And she just kind of lays over. And they continue to shoot her until she finally dies. And they shoot her everywhere. That is a nightmare. It is awful. And there's spectators everywhere, like, watching this happen. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> I'm becoming verklempt about it. I mean... Yeah. It sounds terrible. And I didn't... I will never watch that. Don't ever watch it. I'm not going to. Because I can't deal with worst. stuff like that. I can't deal with, like, fake movies about things with animals. Yes. That, you, that kind of know. stuff. I just don't. I avoid oh. it 100%. I'm I sorry mean, that you had to watch it for this podcast. <laughs> It's okay. <laughs> so I can tell like it just like tore you up. It was it was real bad. It was yeah, it's rough. That is I mean, it's definitely overkill and it's def I mean eighty seven, come on. Eighty seven. And I think it's also just fear. Oh yeah. Like they were just they don't know what to do, they're freaking out, they don't want anybody else to get hurt. Yes. But I mean I would have liked to hear that she like something happened and she died instantly. Right. But it sounds like it was no. horrific. She suffered. And that mm-hmm. she, yeah, she absolutely suffered. But I'm I'm glad she's dead. Yeah. Because she won't suffer anymore. And the, there was a, this lady for like the Hawaii chapter of PETA or whatever mm-hmm. that I think she was there that day or something. And she was talking about how she saw this. She like witnessed and that it was the most ridiculous sight seeing this majestic animal dead 
with this ridiculous pink party hat on. Oh, God. Because it's like circus wear. Dead in the middle of Honolulu, which she should never have been in the first place. Right. I imagine that the whole island of Oahu was scarred for life. Yes. And they probably were like, don't bring your circus (laughs) here ever again. Yeah, actually, don't. There are no, um, I mean, we'll talk about some of the legislation, but... Uh, there aren't necessarily restrictions on wild animal performances, yeah. but there was this uh, recently, I can't remember how long ago, maybe 2017, there was like this Russian circus that was going to come to Honolulu and they were talking about bringing like live animals, elephants, all this shit. Yeah. And everyone was like, fuck you. <laughs> no. <laughs> and then they put out a statement like, okay, we're not going to do it. And yeah. everyone was like, good. I mean, they still went, they did their circus, just no animals. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I feel like, but that's, I feel like the direction that circuses are going now Absolutely. is yeah. the no animal route because it's just, everybody's over it. There's been enough, and I think that having, you know, I bet stuff like this has happened since mm-hmm. always. Oh, yeah. But it just, now that there's video of it and people can see it and there's documentaries and mm-hmm. people talking about it, but I think it's that those videos of seeing this like, yeah, this beautiful elephant like being shot down mm-hmm. and suffering in the middle of a street uh, neighborhood in you know Honolulu. That is what makes people say, "Nope, I'm not paying to see that." Yeah, and the videos, those hidden cameras of them getting oh, beaten. God. I don't think people ever, you know, normal people that would never think to hurt an animal mm-hmm. don't realize they, you know, especially back then, mm-hmm. that that's what happened. So I think it took all that exposure, right, for people to really. See it. Understand it. Yeah. yeah. So maybe something as bad as it is, it had to happen. The owner, John Cuneo. Yeah. Um, he full on lies on camera. He's like, this is, we've is he never in prison had. now? I want him to be in prison. <laughs> He's totally not. God. He's never had a criminal charge of animal abuse or negligence come against him. Jesus. It's fucked up. Yeah. Our conviction. Let me just say conviction. Okay. He, t- I mean, there's this, they, they show it on the documentary. He's interviewed. He's like, oh, we've never had a problem ever with any of our animals. And it's like, no, Tyke was involved Yes. in these previous incidents. And people have told you repeatedly, she should not work in the circus. She should not yes. be working. Honolulu, Parks and Rec were called to come and pick up her body. And they put her on a flatbed um, and kind of used chains to hold her on there, mm-hmm. which makes me a little bit sad that she's, again... I mean, just in death, like chained up. The image of it was really sad. But they were like, shit, we don't know what to, like, what do we do with this ginormous animal? Uh And they ended up taking her body to the quarantine, like, port area. And after that, I'm not entirely sure what happened. I don't know if they, like, disposed of her there or what. That was kind of the end of the whole incident in terms of that day. Okay. I want to hear about Dallas. Like, what happened to him? Oh, there, there is, uh, there's like a clip of him from the news. I mean, he. He looks real bad. I bet. With just blood in his eyes. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. The trauma to him. He's talking real slow. <laughs> I mean, he's he was just kind of like, yeah, you know, shit. Like, this happened. I mean, it's weird. But I'm like, it's Dallas, weird. what did you do? I want to know what he did, too. There's no real talk about that. Hmm. But I feel like... Tyrone was, knows. Guaranteed Tyrone knows. He knows, like... Someone told him the story, I'm sure. Yeah, there's probably like an inside story or mm-hmm. at least speculation. But I, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure because Tyrone knew Tyke so well yeah. that he can probably pretty much yeah. piece it together that that guy did something. It's like whatever happened to Mike before 
you know, Dallas and then Alan mm-hmm. got the, the brunt of those reactions to whatever it was they were doing. They were beating her. Guaranteed. And they got what they deserved. This was considered an international incident. It like blew up worldwide. It was like a big deal. Mm-hmm. And there were a bunch of lawsuits filed against the city of Honolulu, the state of Hawaii, the circus, and John Cuneo and his Hawthorne Corporation. Honolulu lawyer William Fenton Sink sued Cuneo on behalf of the numerous plain- plaintiffs, including young children who suffered psychological injuries after witnessing Tyke's killing. Okay, can you imagine? And this is, I want Kat to tell us exactly. How old was she when that happened? 1994. I think Kat is a couple of years younger than me, so she would have been like, Someplace between 10 and 14. Oh, yeah. Very. So would 100% remember everything. And I cannot imagine being, because I would have been 14. I cannot mm-hmm. imagine being a 14-year-old and sitting there and witnessing that. I would have lost my mind. Oh, for sure. One, witnessing these two men. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure everyone thought both Be of murdered. them were dead. Yeah. yeah. And then to see this animal that probably you were very excited to see yeah. there just be murdered chased down chased and down murdered. and shot down yeah that's a nightmare horrific yes so yeah there was a lawsuit <laughs> for sure so they were settled out of court of course the monetary decision was kept sealed from publication i wonder if cat knows about it though she'd be like damn why didn't we we <laughs> should have been part of that lawsuit Kat, were you in that lawsuit we want to know and then in honor of sink's work the lawyer mm-hmm. uh prosecuting this case or prosecuting whatever, bringing the case to court. Uh, The Animal Rights Hawaii renamed its uh, Order of the Innocent Award, the William Fenton Sink Award for Defense of Animals. Because I guess it's like the nicest lawyer ever. (laughs) Well, that's good. Yeah. I was kind of like, that's random in this whole story. Like, I feel like they were just happy something came from it. Yes. Um, Alan Campbell's autopsy revealed that he died from severe internal injuries. I mean, obviously. AKA being stomped on by an elephant. Yeah including major skull and chest fractures. It also showed that he had a high level of cocaine in his system. I'm just going to throw that out there. So I don't know. Mm. He was known for being, like I said, having a very firm hand. I don't, again, we're talking about- Well, he was wearing some sequins and had a mullet. And he had a mullet. Not that there's anything wrong with that. (laughs) Uh, Cuneo was fined $12,500 by the U.S. Department of Agriculture after he was charged with two violations of the Animal Welfare Act in the Tyke Rampage. Years later, Cuneo was cited multiple times by the federal government for failure to provide veterinary care for other elephants he owned. In March, the USDA charged Cuneo with 19 violations in a mistreatment case. An agreement was reached between Cuneo and federal officials to send his entire elephant er herd to approved locations. So that's like sanctuaries or zoos. I'm surprised PETA wasn't, or maybe they were behind it. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, because they were way into, you know, my chimpanzee story. Mm -hmm. They were the ones that were kept pushing and pushing to get those yeah. chimpanzees to sanctuaries. And PETA and also the Honolulu Humane Society, like they got together and they were like, look at all of this crap that's going on. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's cool that Honolulu was so involved, seeing as that yeah. it, the incident happened there, but mm-hmm. where all the herd was kept was what, Illinois, Illinois or something. Yeah. yeah. Jim Rogers, the spokesman of the USDA's Animal and Planet Plant Health Inspection Service, said the action sends a message that, quote, we are watching and we care how they are treating animals and how they are supposed to be treated. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cuneo paid a $200,000 fine and had until yesterday... What? Sorry, this is from an article. 
in March. It was March of 2017, I think, okay. or 18. It might have been 2018. It took that long. 2017 or 2018. That's when this article was. Oh, okay. From the, this is from the Star Advertiser. So how long did it take from the incident to where they finally freed the rest of the elephants? I mean, it's only been, what, in the last like five or six years? So that years? happened in 17 by the time they finally got? Yeah. Why? I know, man. That's a long time. Um, it's like f- 13 years. Let me just double check real quick to make sure that's the article we're talking about. Oh, I'm sorry. 2004. 10 years. Okay, well... Still too long, but slightly better. So it took 10 years for them to get released to sanctuaries. Do all the shit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm sure PETA was involved. I think that his license to exhibit animals was revoked because he likely failed to relocate his elephants in time. Um, Six elephants from his herd were designated to be sent to the 2,700-acre elephant sanctuary in Hohenwald, Tennessee, which I'm going to tell you about some sanctuaries here in a second. And that sanctuary was established one year after Tyke died. So it was like, shit, we got to do something about these animals. We got to start collecting all the circus animals. The co-founder of this place in Tennessee said Tyke was the catalyst to do it. When we Mm -hmm. found out about Tyke, we said, now is the time. This is what pushed us to do it. That's why I'm saying it was, it's like a horrific situation, but Mm -hmm. maybe it had to happen. Exactly. Sally, you know, I really like Sally in this. It's like she hated everything that was going on, but she was kind of in this environment where she felt like if she did talk about it, then she would be in trouble. She would lose her job. There would be some kind of repercussion to her. Yeah. She says she wishes she could have worked with the elephants without the brutality. And she says she knows she'll have a special place in hell for having been a part of that brutality. Oh, my God. I know. And she talks about how they're the most wonderful animals. I wonder if she felt like however she ended up in that line of work, however Mm -hmm. that happened. But I wonder if she felt like, and I feel like Tyrone would have felt this way, but I don't know because I'm totally projecting what I would have felt. But Mm -hmm. that if they left... It's almost like they can in some way try to make it a little better. Right. Like if or they, protect them a little from yeah. the the real assholes. It's like if they left, there would be one less person actually caring about them. Yes. Yeah. Then they would be more subjected to these other people. Mm-hmm. Some people in the documentary, there's, I can't, I think it's the, the Tennessee Sanctuary. Uh, there's a guy kind of riding around on a, uh, ATV or something, you know, talking about the sanctuary. Mm-hmm. And he says things like people say, ask, why did she do such an unnatural thing? But in actuality, her, her quote, rampage, Tyke's rampage was the most natural thing she ever did in her entire life. Mm-hmm. That makes me kind of sad. He's like, she was exhibiting real elephant behavior. Yep. And then got shot down. Since Tyke's death, more than 20 countries and 300 cities worldwide have banned the use of live wild performing animals. Good. And there's an article that that has, uh, it's on onegreenplanet.org, and it talks about the top five um, elephant sanctuaries. Okay. So the first one is the Elephant Sanctuary in Tennessee, this one we're talking about, founded by Carol Buckley and Scott Blaze. Oh, it might be Scott Blaze who's talking in the video. Oh. <laughs> Um, It was in 1995, so a year after. It's a 501c3 nonprofit, and there are Asian and African elephants. And like I said, it's a 2,700-acre sanctuary. It's the largest in the nation. Uh, The next one is Boon Lot's Elephant Sanctuary in Thailand. It's named after an elephant, Boon Lot, who was rescued and loved uh, by founder Catherine Connor. And that is a safe safe haven for elephants on more than 400 acres in rural Thailand. Question. Yeah. Though there's just the one or there's what however many there are in the US 
But is it pretty much like they're taking all like retired circus animals? Like or where, a zoo. Or, or like a zoo that closes down. Yeah. Or, yeah. Okay. Because I don't think anyone. I mean, because I would imagine do. at this point there's not like an influx of elephants. Yeah. Coming in. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so Performing Animal Welfare Society, that's in California. And that was founded by Pat Derby, who passed away, and her partner, Ed Stewart. And they take, they have uh, several sanctuaries for abused and neglected animals. And they have a new sanctuary called the Ark, Ark 2000, sorry. It's a 2,300 acre safe haven in San, in San Andreas, California. Nice. Hopefully they don't have an earthquake. Wow. That's all I could think about. <laughs> I bet they have some chimpanzees. Yeah. Oh, I bet they do. Um, so PAWS is the first facility to successfully use a non-dominance technique with the elephants in their care, meaning there's no weapons, bullhooks, or other averse training techniques. I guess maybe when it's time to like move them someplace or whatever, they're not uh-huh. using. And I'm like, does that mean all these other sanctuaries use bullhooks and shit? Like, I thought the whole point of them being in a sanctuary was so they could roam free. Right. But I don't know. Elephant Nature Park in Thailand, co-founded by Sangduen Lek. Chilert in 1996. It is an elephant nature park and it's a final destination for dozens of abused and exploited elephants in Thailand. So one of the issues in Thailand is that they have these parks where they'll have people ride on elephants Mm -hmm. or you can take pictures with them like that kind of stuff and they are uh, not well treated. Yeah, I've Mm -hmm. seen those pictures too. Yeah. Or read about it. It's depressing. Um, And then I think this is the last one. The David Sheldrick Wildlife Trust in Kenya. Uh, It says, if you've seen the movie Born to be Wild, you've seen the work being done at David Sheldrick Wildlife Trust in Um, Kenya. We follow them on Instagram, by the way. Oh, do we? Shut the front door. Yep. Well, now I know. So it was founded by Dr. Dame Daphne Sheldrick in 1977 in memory of her late husband, David. And it has received global recognition for their conservation and rehabilitation program. Through the Orphan Project, DSWT has successfully hand-raised and reintegrated more than 150 elephants Back into the wild native herds. So that's good times. I'm just showing Megan the Instagram. Oh, yeah. So when you see that one, they post a lot of stuff. They have a lot of elephants. And and was that a rhino in there? Yeah, rhino. And I always like all their stuff because it's amazing. They'll even show, they even show like elephants that have been injured or shot. I mean, it's it's very real. Yeah. And it's very true to what's happening and what they're doing but it's also really Mm. beautiful but you should follow them on instagram if you don't definitely Mm -hmm. the organization that uh, i have chosen for our donation Mm -hmm. area Mm -hmm. uh, it is again the world wildlife foundation i mean they do a lot of stuff yeah and you can adopt an elephant through them adopt an african elephant do they support smaller organizations i mean i imagine they provide grants and funding to smaller organizations that are protecting like more local in africa yeah or, yeah yes, yes like they support local exactly so it looks like there's a really popular kit that's the 55 dollars african elephant adoption kit mm-hmm. uh, and then you can get a stuffed elephant of course a photo uh-huh an adoption certificate a species card which is kind of like a little fact sheet yes a gift bag, and then there's like an optional gift bag. I don't know if it's like you can trade them out or whatever. Uh-huh. But they range, it looks like lowest is $25, and then anywhere up from there up to like $250 donation, which gets you a giant plush African elephant. Ooh. What does that mean? I mean, how giant is it? Is it as big as like Jumbo? <laughs> then good Lord, that's amazing. We'll do it. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll donate to that. 
Well, definitely. We'll adopt a elephant. So yeah, that's that's my story of the elephants and tyke. I so I didn't know about that story, and so it's really interesting. I really mm-hmm. want to hear Cat's version, but I feel like I did see a video at some point in my life about like seeing some elephant like running out, mm-hmm. or maybe I saw it on TV or some news like running out into a street. And I know that there's a lot of those kind yeah. of yeah. So I don't know if that's the same one, but I'm hesitant to go even look at it because I just try, Mm -hmm. I kind of, you know, sometimes I feel like I'm a little bit too much head in the sand, but I just hate seeing that stuff. Like I just really hate it. It's so difficult to watch. I think that sometimes those videos are good for people who are completely unaware. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, As like an educational type thing, Mm because I I feel like we have been acutely aware of the issues having to do with, I mean, lots of different species, but especially elephant conservation and the ivory trade and all of this. Like, I think that we learned about it in school when you're going to to class for ecology or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then we're, you know, we're acutely aware. And I think people who have absolutely no idea that elephants are treated in the way that they're treated. Those are the people that I wish would pay more attention. Yeah. Because there's only so many videos we can take of um, just destruction. Yeah. Human-caused destruction. There's there's just... Because there's so many jackasses out there. God. There's so many people that just don't care. And there's all kinds of people in this world. And I like to think that the majority of them do care. And, right. you know, sometimes, sometimes it's overwhelming, like, you know, what What do you choose to mm-hmm. donate to or care most about, I guess, yeah. you know, because there's a lot of stuff. But I mean, like Earth Day, you know, like there's exactly. a lot of things you can do. I would hope that uh, some people might see that and it might change their outlook or their perception. Yeah. Yeah, they're I kind of disheartened by this. But uh, in the article 10 years after at the Star Advertiser article, mm-hmm. they're like interviewing people who attended the event. I think that was the Star Star Advertiser one. Anyway, it was kind of like in remembrance of Tyke and the people getting interviewed was like, they were like, yeah, it was freaking crazy. But they would still maybe go see a circus with elephants in it. And I was like, really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The only way to stop it is to just not support it. Yeah. Don't support that kind yeah, of shit. That's the message here, folks. Agreed. But I don't think there's too many more out no. there. Yeah. No, it's, I was kind of looking up what's the current thing. P.T. Barnum is gone. Yeah. That, that's- there are, I mean, most circuses, there's a whole list. If you go search up uh, non-animal circuses, mm-hmm. there are a lot. There's yeah. a ton. And yeah. it's better to give your money to people who are Cirque performing. Du Cirque du Soleil. Fucking Cirque du Soleil is the bomb. Yeah, but even other kind of performers and things. I mean, that's fun. It's fun to yeah. go watch. But yeah, no animals. Yeah, let's not use animals. I haven't seen. I mean, okay, granted, it's been like some time, some time since I've been stateside. I mean, live stateside. But I mean, I feel like it just isn't a thing anymore to have circuses with animals. I'm sure yeah. they exist, but I'm hoping that it's going to be phased out. I definitely think there's a movement currently and maybe Tiger King had something to do with it too, just like large animals. When you said that they found high doses of cocaine in a system, <laughs> I I immediately thought of but I haven't seen Tiger right, King. Right, right. I just but heard. you just know. I just know. You just know. And I was like, "Hey, cocaine, meth, eh, pretty much the same thing." Yeah. Just makes you a crazy animal person. All right, Jen. So here we are, the end of my story talked about donation organizations uh it's time for the emergency preparedness kit i knew this time would come (laughs) i was i've been thinking a lot about it Mm -hmm. the last five or ten minutes of your story i was listening yes 
Totally. 100%. But in the back of my mind, I was like, what would I pack in my emergency preparedness kit? Or what would I have? Right. Prepare, whatever, for this story. And the hard thing is, is that, you know, you're thinking like protecting yourself against what exactly? Right. Because the elephants are just being elephants. Like they didn't, you know, and they're abused. Mm -hmm. I'm not afraid of an elephant because... I'm not going to go out and do shit and to torture them. an elephant. I think you are in the same boat I was in in the cham- chimpanzee episode with Travis where I was like, shit, what? A- like, no. And yeah. Yeah. You know, you know, like they they're not they're not the culprit here. Right. We don't need to protect ourselves. Animals no. are always right. Yeah. Because we're the ones being assholes. I was thinking about it. Like, who do we need to protect ourselves against? Mm-hmm, and I feel mm-hmm. like the real the real evil here are the assholes who are causing the problem in the first place yes so the trainers and i'm not talking about tyrone yeah i think tyrone like i had said out of everybody out of everybody i'm i'm okay i I feel like he did his best yeah however he got involved in it in the first place but i feel like oh side note he went he took his siblings to the circus okay and he saw the big animals and he was like wow this is amazing i want to do this for the rest probably of probably not realizing what it entailed until right. he got into it yeah and how mm-hmm. the racist assholes oh yeah yeah would you know it, it not accept him for reals and no one listened to him right earlier when you were talking about that compound in illinois where they had all the elephants and big animals yeah where they had the elephants chained in shacks for 22 hours a day yes i feel like well, that's what we need mm-hmm. we should have a compound where we keep <laughs> all of these animal torturing assholes away from the rest of society yes those are the ones who need to be in a shack all day chained up for 22 hours a day i mm-hmm. mean let's just call it prison yeah that's <laughs> that's what it is it's but it's for animal torturers yes we should, I, I feel like that's what we need. We need a compound for all these people who mm-hmm. somehow they're not in prison for, you know, what they've been doing to animals all these years for animal cruelty. So we just need to like shuffle them away from society. I feel like that's, I mean, not something you can actually fit in your backpack, but you know, it's an idea. <laughs> it's an idea. It's a concept. I agree with that. Let's get them out of here because without them and, and their bosses... Who are the, you know, like Mr. Evil. What, who is that guy? John Cuneo. No, Mr. Satan. Oh, you know, I forgot that the <laughs> the devil. The devil guy. In, in Swahili, it, it translates to the devil. I'm tr- I cannot remember for yeah. the life of me. Well, we'll just call him Mr. Evil. Yeah. Whoever is the overlord for these, you know, poachers and yeah. these train, you know, let's say, owners of animals that they're training mm-hmm. for making money. Yes. Let's just Let's just round them all up. Put them in a compound. Put them in a compound. And then we don't have a problem. Put them in a compound in Illinois in in some sheds with shackles (laughs) and we'll shave all their mullets off. And they can only wear like brown. Yeah, they can't wear sequins. No sequins. No sequins allowed. That's that's the price you pay, sir. (laughs) That's how it is. Yeah. So let's just let's just say we'll just round them all up. I I don't know what we call this compound. What were those things called? A bull stick. Bull hooks? Bull hook. Bull hook compound. They can just hang out there with their bull hooks. Bullshit hook compound. Yes, and they can just bull hook the shit out of each yeah, other. Yeah, yeah. Let's just let's just leave them all there. I dig it. And let's leave the elephants in Africa or wherever they are supposed to be, and let them live their lives. Mm-hmm. Except for the ones we're going to bring to Guam. Oh, the ones we're going to bring to yeah. Well, and they're just going <laughs> to roam through the forest. It'll be great. We're not really 
We're not going to do that, you guys. No, we're, we we're, we're really not going to do that. That would be really messed up. It just would be The limestone forest up. gets wrecked. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just terrible. There's just elephants. It would be kind of cool, but right. to hear like elephants in the forest. I get scared of just the deer. <laughs> in the, those like these Philippine deer that are here and they scream. They, it's, well, they're they, not even They hurt. call it, they bark. Oh, God. No, it's a scream. But it's like a scream bark. We've been out terrifying. doing surveys in the early, early morning or like at night. Mm-hmm. And you hear it. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> like I pee a little, I think. <laughs> like I got to get back to my car. Is that from that or the hiking? Oh, just... that, yeah, one or the other. <laughs> We're not into human, you know, cruelty or anything, but we just want to get all these suckers yeah. out of society. It's not It's not nice. They're not nice people. Well, it's, what's called a rehab. We'll, yeah, I like that. We'll call it a rehab compound. Bull, for... Bullshit hook rehab compound. <laughs> That's right. That's pretty We're good. We're here to help. I love it. Thank you for that story, Megan. It was sad, but it was something I haven't heard the whole story before. So I'm, I'm glad I know it mm-hmm. and I know what videos and documentaries to avoid. So thank yeah. you. And if, if Kat gets back to me with her uh, firsthand account, uh, we'll add it on to the episode or put it in a in a future episode so you guys nice. can hear it because i yeah i, I really want to know yeah i hope she will we mentioned earlier we still have the contest going go check still it out please go on. to our website you're gonna die out there.com go to apple podcasts and like rate review subscribe subscribe yeah <laughs> uh, you can find us on spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts yep and until then don't die out there bye bye, bye.